Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Review RN. We have previously spent a podcast talking about permanent pacemakers, specifically the different types of permanent pacemakers, the mode settings, and the indications for permanent pacemakers. Today, we're going to move along and talk about ICDs, which stand for Implantable Cardioverter Defibrillators. Patients and healthcare workers can often get pacemakers and ICDs confused or think they act in similar ways, but the truth is they have very different functions. We will take some time to discuss what exactly an ICD is, the indications for needing an ICD, and how it works. To begin, an ICD, which again stands for Implantable Cardioverter Defibrillator, is a battery-powered device that is inserted subcutaneously, usually in the left anterior chest wall, and acts as a watchful eye by monitoring your heart rate and rhythm. Lead wires then connect from the generator device to the heart muscle. Some ICDs, specifically the newer generation ICDs, have the ability to do dual function, which means they have the ability to serve as a pacemaker and as an ICD. The settings are able to be tailored to the patient's needs, and therefore, if the patient does not require pacing settings, then this function is not used. ICDs are used to prevent sudden cardiac death in patients with known abnormal heart rhythms or patients who are at risk for fatal arrhythmias. Again, we know that the SA or the sinoatrial node is the pacemaker of the heart and stimulates the heart to be at approximately 60 to 100 beats per minute if it's functioning properly. If a patient is suddenly thrown into ventricular fibrillation, this means that the ventricles of the heart are quivering at a rate as high as 240 beats per minute. Regular conduction of the heart is no longer able to be achieved and the heart is not actively pumping blood to the rest of the body. The circulation of the blood comes to a halt and if the fatal arrhythmia or VF meaning ventricular fibrillation, is not intervened on quickly, then oxygen deprivation to the brain and other vital organs occurs and sudden cardiac death will be imminent within a matter of minutes. ICDs play a role of intervening when fatal arrhythmias such as ventricular tachycardia, referred to as VT, and ventricular fibrillation, referred to as VF, are detected by delivering an electrical shock to help restore normal cardiac rhythm. Ventricular fibrillation is oftentimes preceded by ventricular tachycardia, which is when the ventricles are beating as fast as 180 beats per minute. ATP is a function of the ICD that refers to a therapy that delivers pacing pulses to interrupt a tachyarrhythmia or a fast rhythm and can help restore normal sinus rhythm. 
ATP is most often painless and uses less energy, specifically low voltage stimulation, than, say, a normal cardiac shock. ATB can be programmed on the device so that ATP is attempted prior to that large voltage, high voltage shock. When the overdrive pacing or ATP is unsuccessful and the heart rhythm changes from, say, ventricular tachycardia to ventricular fibrillation, the ICD will emit a high voltage electrical shock. This is called defibrillation and it interrupts ventricular fibrillation and hopefully again restores the normal rhythm of the heart. So why would a patient need an ICD? Your healthcare provider may recommend an ICD if you are at risk for fatal or life-threatening ventricular arrhythmias, again, VT and VF, due to a diagnosis of a history of ventricular arrhythmias. So maybe the patient has been noted to or seen on telemetry to have a ventricular arrhythmia, or the patient has survived a sudden cardiac arrest. Patients who have congenital heart disease or a patient that has had a myocardial infarction, which can significantly impact the heart's ability to pump effectively and efficiently and predisposes the patient for fatal arrhythmias, may need an ICD. Specifically, if a patient has systolic heart dysfunction with an ejection fraction of 35% or lower, um, these patients are at risk for fatal arrhythmias and ICD is indicated. Other indications for an ICD include prolonged QT syndrome, which can either be hereditary or acquired from side effects of medications. Long QT syndrome is a heart condition in which delayed repolarization of the heart following a contraction can increase the risk of torsades, which is a form of ventricular tachycardia that can lead to death. Brugada syndrome is also an indication for ICD implant, as this is a genetic disorder in which electrical activity within the heart is abnormal and places the patient at high risk for sudden cardiac death. When I talk about how an ICD works, I'll focus specifically on defibrillation and not the pacemaker function, as some patients don't require pacemaker function of and um, I've already done a whole podcast on pacemakers and we, we dove into that in depth in the previous podcast, so I highly encourage you to check that out. Like I said before, an ICD is considered that watchful eye. It works 24 hours a day monitoring the heart rate and rhythm. ICDs can use ATP or overdrive pacing um, to electrically, com- electrically convert or pace a patient out of ventricular tachycardia, which is a fast heart rhythm. They The ICD can also deliver high voltage shock if that fatal arrhythmia is detected to help restore normal rhythm. Implantable cardioverter defibrillators also have other very sophisticated functions such as detecting and storing arrhythmic events that the patient may experience with or without symptoms. The stored information can give your healthcare provider a better understanding of what your heart is doing on a day-to-day basis, and they need this they need this information so that they can further intervene or adjust medical therapy. Like I discussed in the podcast talking about pacemakers, 
Patients will often ask if their ICDs will interfere with day-to-day activities like using their cell phone or traveling through an airport security system, and rest assured that this does not interfere with the ICD. However, it is important to be aware of your surroundings or other tests that can be ordered by a healthcare provider, which includes strong strong magnetic fields, such as MRIs. Not all pacemakers and ICDs are MRI compatible, and it may limit a patient from being able to receive an MRI in the future if needed, especially if that pacemaker is not specifically labeled as pacemaker compatible. Another thing that I recently learned was that when the patient is deceased and they wish to be cremated, it's important to know if the patient has a pacemaker because that pacemaker or ICD needs to be removed before cremation or can actually blow up the crematorium. Well, that wraps up today's podcast on implantable cardioverter defibrillators. And thank you again for being here to learn with me week after week. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.